The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to Face Off. It's been a while since we last spoke, but since then the Reds managed to pull it out of the bag and secure a top three finish so that we can all look forward to some Champions League football this coming season. It's July 1st, the transfer window is officially open, and what better way to open things up than to have a review of the squad. And as always, I'm joined by two great guests to bring you through it. Firstly, who better to review things than the host of the Red Review podcast, Mark Roberts. How are you doing, Mark? I'm very well, Carl. Thank you, mate. Yourself? Not too bad, thanks at all. And also joining us is host of the Champions League preview podcast. Let's be glad he wasn't relegated this season. It's Jay Reid. How are you doing, Jay? I'm good. I'm sure Guy probably would have wrote me into the Europa League pods to my disgust. But yeah, uh, Champions League football next season. And I've got to be honest, it's nice to talk about club football because I'm sick of internationals. (laughs) Uh, it's hard enough being over here in Ireland. I, I can imagine how bad it is if you don't have much interest in international football where you're turning every, every channel and all you're hearing is football's coming home. and it, It's got to be tough. It's tiring. I mean, it, 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 it's one of them things. I think it's well documented of certain people don't like Liverpool, don't like the city, don't like the club, don't like the people and that is what people don't understand why we don't support England. Maybe the Blues do because they're a small club. Um, we won't get involved in Everton and the small club mentality this week with Rafa and the shenanigans. But um, yeah, it's a bit boring now and it'd be quite a pleasant experience if the football was come home rather than football. Um, but then, you know, I live in hope that Ukraine might do something this Saturday, if not. Maybe the Danes or the Czechs, if not, Big Rom might sort them out in the final, or the Spanish or the Italians, I don't know. Anyone, just just shove them back down the throats and back into the little hole. Here's hoping, and we won't mention Wales, because I'm sure the wounds are just still that bit too raw, Mark. Yeah, it was very disappointing last Saturday, to be honest, but hindsight, we did very well for our small little nation to to qualify, let alone make it out of that group. So, still a proud Welshman. That's it. As an Irishman, I can't even say we qualified. So, enough said about that. Um, so, we'll get on to the topic at hand. We're here to discuss our squad. And I think it's a logical start to look at the, the deals we've done this summer so far. And, and we'll start with who's left. The most obvious departure is Jeannie Wijnaldum. Of course, he left at the end of his contract. He's since signed a three-year deal with Paris Saint-Germain. Um, he was signed from Newcastle in 2015 for a fee of £25 million. Pound. He's made, made 237 appearances for the club across six seasons, including a career-high 51 appearances last season. I mean... I'll start with you, Jay. What's your thoughts on the departure of Jeannie Wijnaldum? There seems to be mixed reactions from fans. 
Um, it's a hard one, really. I'd say I didn't want him to go, and we'll only see his true impact of what a player he was next season. I think I think that's when more people who were probably on the fence or maybe questioning what did he actually do for us, um, you'll see the true actual impact of his his play and his availability more than anything um, next season when if talks are be to, to be believed then we're not act- actively seeking a midfielder uh, so good luck with that unless that means a change of shape um, and we're going to go with a two for the majority of next year which we could get by with what we've got but the lads we've got in midfield aren't known for their availability across the season and that goes for pretty much all of them um, apart from maybe Curtis Jones who's only a young lad anyway and you've got to be managed correctly um, I'd say we probably left it a year too late in terms of trying to keep him and you, you can't blame the lad he was what 30 um, at his recent birthday so he's only got one good contract left in him and fair play to him he's gone and got a handsome one at that at PSG I'm sure the lifestyle up there is good it's not far from Holland where he grew up, or the Netherlands, as I should say. As I've learned over the Euros, it should be called the Netherlands and not Holland. Um, he can probably travel home to the Netherlands, see family and friends more regularly, given how close Paris is. Um, it's an easier league, so maybe it prolongs his career in terms of he might get a move to the MLS or he might actually go back to the Netherlands and play his final few years out there. So... Fair play to him, kudos to him. He's he's saved us well, and you know, I'd say he was a really good, maybe not a great player because for me you, you've got to be exceptional to get great or legendary status. But he certainly served his purpose with us, and he was massively underappreciated by many of the fans and the club in terms of his wages. So yeah, it's a it's a mixed of mixed feeling, but I think we all knew it probably well. We got to the start of last year and there was still no income that he was going to sign, that he was going to go. And Maybe the shock was the fact that he didn't actually go to Barcelona where everyone thought he would with Ronald Koeman being there and the, the Dutch links to Barcelona. The fact that he did end up at PSG was maybe a bit of a surprise. But, you know, he's, he's going to have a, a good few years if he gets to play with Neymar and Mbappe and whoever else the PSG decides to bring in. He's going to do well, probably win the French League, probably have a good crack at the Champions League again. So he's done all he can for us. And yeah, fair play to him. Hats off you. Anyone who's got a bad way to say about him doesn't really understand football, in my opinion, because he was a genuine footballer on and off the field. And he played all over for us. You can't knock that. I don't think we've had a player as versatile and as good in so many positions as him. No, certainly he was a, a top performer for us. There is the line of thinking that the, the club have really ran him into the ground in terms of the amount of football he's played and that that's not sustainable. And for that reason, that the length of contract he would have been looking at for, along with the, the wages he would likely demand just wasn't a good investment for, for the club. I mean, what's your thoughts on that line of thinking, Mark? It's difficult. I agree, I agree with a lot of what Jay said, and I think time will tell just how much we miss him. He was certainly Mr. Reliable 
for Liverpool and came up with so many career highs that the goal against Middlesbrough a few years ago that sealed Champions League qualification. Obviously, the Barcelona performance sticks in a lot of people's mind. Same as to Jay, really, I'm a bit torn on it, really. On a on a pod I did with Dave and Steve earlier on in the year, we, we sort of spoke about Klopp not being ruthless enough and players out staying there welcome, if you like. And I know when Aldum's left on a free and he hasn't, we haven't got any money for him, but he is 30 now. And it's to go back to Bob Paisley, it's let them grow old on somebody else's payroll. I suppose time will tell if that was the case and we've we've done right in shifting him like Fergie was an expert in that as well and, and getting rid of players having their peak at United and then moving them on I think other than Yap Stam he pretty much got that right so it might be that the time was right and as you've just said the last couple of years he has played non-stop football he was there or thereabouts in every game for Liverpool last year he's there or thereabouts for Holland for every game and it and it might be this time next year we look on it as it was a wise decision to make I think that the alarm bells that, that ring for a lot of people is the amount of injuries we had last year and he was just there game in game out playing and as Jay said he, he did a job whatever Klopp, Klopp asked of him he did he came to us as an attack and that's probably one of the only positions he didn't actually play for us He's played in defence all over midfield. He's played as a false nine. So I think that's what's worrying a lot of people. Those minutes that he produced, how are we going to replace them rather than the player as such, maybe, if that makes sense. But I guess time will tell at the moment because we haven't signed anybody. It's looking like a risk. But at the same time, part of me thinks that it was the right decision. And as you say, with his age and the minutes he's played last year, it's just the key is, as we'll come on to, replacing the minutes that he performed for us. Yeah, we'll, we'll certainly have a look at that and our, our general options for, for midfield shortly. But I, I think regardless, we're, we're going to miss him for the, the character he is um, and, and the player he was uh, regardless. And, and he might be a name that, that pops up within our, our fandom for, for some time to come. Uh, another player that has moved on um, albeit in this case after a short stint at the, the club, was Ozan Kabak, who returned to Schalke following the end of his loan deal. The club failed to activate the £18 million purchase option that they reportedly had on him. Uh, he made nine league appearances and four appearances in Europe. Jay, do you think this was the right decision or do you think we've, we've missed out on one here? I think we've uh, possibly made a bit of a clangor. Um, I would think he showed enough in the, the time he was there. I mean, people appointed his first game, but it was his first game. He was a kid, and Allison was doing a bit of a madness. But other than that, did he really do much wrong? Not, not for me. Um, there was other defensive errors by players playing centre half who arguably maybe had more experience. Maybe they were they were older than him. I think we all know who we're talking about, but got lauded like the other player of the season. Uh, I feel like we could probably do with another body there, given it's well documented that Van Dijk and Gomez are coming off long-term injuries. Massive, we don't even know what's up with them. We've not seen anything. Um, 
are we keeping them around? Possibly, probably. Um, but we know at best you're getting thirty percent of the season out of matter, but that's about it. So you're gambling with a new signing, two lads coming back off long term injuries, and that's it. Um, because I would imagine we'll get into the bones of it that Phillips is probably and should be moved on. Um, Reese Williams is not to the level that we require on a daily basis, but he done a pe- her job and a purpose last year. And Quebec showed enough for me that he's got the raw abilities there. And I mean, if Dayan Lovren and you know Jordan Henderson probably could play next to Van Dyke and look like a very competent centre half. What can those anchor back do? We never ever had the chance. Um, and for the money that was mooted, 18 million, and I'm sure there was talk that we could have got them down cheap because they're in dire straits. I don't think you're going to get a better quality young centre half for that price. Um, and he'll probably go on to prove that. He'll prob- he will probably get a move somewhere better in Europe than what he would have got six months ago when he was at Schalke. Um, and we may brutally regret this decision unless we, we've got other plans in mind. Um, maybe time will tell. I mean, we've still got that lad Ben Davis there from Preston, whether he's been sat in Klopp's laboratory and learned the game over the last six months that we've had him. And next season, he is the, the fourth, fifth choice option. Um, who knows? Time will tell. But I just feel like we've dropped a bit of a clangor on a lad that even if we kept him for a year or two, and flipped them and sold them, we would have made profit because the market's so inflated at the moment and a few appearances for Liverpool, I mean, taking that Phillips example, you couldn't be shifted for three or four million last summer. You're talking in the ranges of 12 to 15 now. I mean, if you do that with Ozan Kabak, then you probably would have paid, what, 15 to 18 million pound slash euro and probably flipped them for 30 in two years' time. I just think we've missed a, missed a trick, but I'm not in charge of the club's finances. I'm not in charge of recruitment. We can only do the discussion. Um, and I just hope he goes on and gets a good move um, because he deserves it. And the message he put out was a really classy message. And he, He's a good lad. He, he deserves a good career. Yeah, he, he certainly won the, the hearts of, of fans in his short stint. I mean, he even has a, a song. Um, <laughs> that was a really good song as well. <laughs> yeah, it's a belter. Um, I mean, a lot. Most of the fans seem united in in thinking that Liverpool could do with that extra bit of security, and and that o- Ozan Kabak would have offered that. But there's there's been some that have argued that maybe following the the arrival of Kanate, who we'll come on to shortly, uh, that maybe Liverpool wouldn't have been the best move for Kabak at this point. I mean, what what do you think in regards to that, Mark? Does he need to be going somewhere where he'll be playing regularly? <laughs> It's a very hard one, isn't it? I mean, last year was was unprecedented, really, with with the volume of injuries we had in the same position. But as Jay mentioned, that's two years running now that that's happened to matter. Gomez, was it two, three years ago, had a, a similar, not the similar, but another long-term injury. So after the season we've just had where we were so short in that position and Klopp having to play Henderson there and Fabinho there and then the penny finally dropping, if you like, and, and just playing Phillips and Williams there who were centre-backs and the impact that had on the team and Fabinho in particular moving forward. I'd be happier to go in 
with five, six first-choice centre-backs, at least until January. And then you can reassess and move them on in January. But as the season start is approaching now, just five, six weeks away, we don't know how fit Virgil is. Gomez won't be ready. We don't know how fit and available Matip will be. Canate is a brand-new signing, so you're not overly convinced the clock will throw him in. He has done with with a few players, but a few others. You look at Andy Robertson and how long it took him to integrate into the team. So I I, I would have kept him. Ugh, certainly would have, because it's just another option to start. Because I think, for me, and I know we'll come on to it, Philip should be sold this summer, because that's when we'll get the peak money for him, because he's coming off good performances toward the end of the season, and we'll get prime value for him. But then, again, you're looking at potentially Reese Williams starting the season, and it's just... To me, it would have made so much sense to get him. And there was a lot of pictures of him around the launch of the new kit, in the new kit. So I just presumed it was all this, well, we're not going to play the release clause, but we'll wait. And Edwards is pulling another masterstroke here and we're going to get him for for cheaper than the release clause. But then when he released that statement on his social media and the club and all the players were coming out to thank him, it doesn't look like that is the case. But... I don't know whether they're planning to keep Phillips or, but for me, going in with with Virgil off a big injury, Gomez off a big injury, Matip who's injury prone, and a new centre back, that's that's you're not learning from your mistakes really, as as well as Phillips and Williams did. If they were to start the season with one or both of them, I think nobody would be happier, and rightly so. So I think we are selling ourselves short at the moment. Yeah, it's it's certainly an area of concern, and and we will come on to it in a bit more depth in, in a few moments. Um, one last player who's left the club and who I actually forgot he still was on our books is Yasser Larugi, who has been released following the end of his contract. But I doubt the lads will have much to add to that one, so we'll move on to arrivals. Um, so the one arrival that's happened so far is Ibrahim Kanate. He was signed from Orbi Leipzig for a reported fee of £36 million. He's a 22-year-old centre-back. He had a breakout season in 18-19 before suffering a muscle tear which saw him miss the guts of a 12-month period. He's yet to get a cap for France but is well established in the Runder 21 side. The club previously failed with a move for Duje Coletta Carr back in January, but the seg- suggestion has been that Kanate always topped their list. I mean, Jay, what do you think of the, the capture of Kanate? And, you know, we've been talking about our concerns over the centre-backs, but what, what does he bring to, to the squad? I've got to be honest, I've not seen enough of him. Um, I do watch a bit of German football, but I mainly watch Dortmund. Um for me since sometimes, but I've not seen a whole lot of Kanate. Um the few times that we played Leipzig last year, he didn't feature in either game. Um and then the few times I did manage to catch them in games involving Dortmund or maybe Munich, he wasn't featured, but that was due to the fact he was coming back from a a hip injury, I think I remember rightly. Um but all all the good reliable people in the world um, I say good things about him and those who watch German football the likes of Andy Wales have always said that Kanate was the better of the two between him and Upper Meccano um, he's got all the the right credentials to be a, 
a Liverpool centre half, the way we play a high line, um, commanding in the air, good on the ball, likes to step out. Um, I could say if you're looking at the likes of Ben White to Arsenal for 50 million and we've picked up this lad for 35. I'd say we've actually stole a march and just proves if you're actually sensible with your your scouting and your recruitment and you you know you you shop outside of the the very short English market that some people do recruiting, then there's a lot of quality players out there that you can pick up at much cheaper prices. Um, other than that, I, I will wait to hold judgment, but I'd imagine he's going to be a success if it's if it's true that we've caused him for a long time and like we did with Van Dijk, that we've identified somebody in a key position who we've we've followed for a for a sustained period and we've done all our homework on him. We wouldn't have signed him if we didn't think he was a hundred percent right for us and especially fitness wise. Um myths like that would probably be debunked that we're not gonna go down the same path of getting a player who potentially could cause a lot of injury problems for us. So I'm happy with it. I would be happy with one more. Probably doesn't look likely, but you know, if if all being well next season, that Virgil starts with Kanate, and you've got Gomez coming back some point through the season, and Matip does make an appearance, and we have got Ben Davis. When you do, maybe look at it. If we are just going for the two competitions that we usually go for, we've probably got enough. I'd like another body, but yeah, we'll we'll go with what we've got. I think for now we. We we can't push for too much because we know we never ever get it anyway. Not with the the current model of recruitment and financial management of the club. Yeah, certainly. I mean, on based on what I've seen myself, coupled with uh, the opinion of of people who would be a lot better informed on German football, as as you touched on, um, he's he's got a big reputation. So much so that I was quite impressed that we were able to, to pull this deal off and given that that reputation i mean even jay said that that um andy has suggested that he's better than upa meccano but i mean even some of the staff at uh, orby leipzig were supposed to share that opinion um given that mark do, do you think we can expect kanate to be a, a starter you know for him to be the man that's lining up beside virgil van dyke in the coming season i think so i think it's it's very good we got the business done early. And as you said, he, he wasn't in the France squad for the Euros. He was in the 21s that finished a few weeks ago now. So hopefully he's in for day one of pre-season. Obviously Virgil didn't go to the Euros with Holland either, but there was talk that he might do. So you would think on that logic, Virgil isn't far behind either. So they could get that pre-season together to start to build up an understanding and a partnership. And again... I would be very surprised if Gomez played this side of Christmas. And yeah, with Matip's injury record over the last few years, you would think that that's got to be the plan. It's got to be the plan that Van Dijk and Canati will be the first choice. And again, as Jay said, hopefully there is rotation and Klopp's sensible with that. Davis intrigues me that he shouldn't see a minute he wasn't even on the bench for some games and that was when we were having nine subs. So it just intrigues me what what the sort of plan with him is because he wasn't playing for the under-21s either, really. He didn't really do anything. So it just intrigues me come the League Cup and things like that if if he gets some minutes. But yeah, certainly I think for, for Norwich away, 
as things stand when we're recording this, the plan has got to be for Canarte and Van Dijk to start that game. That certainly would be the the expectation. Um, so that's it for arrivals for now. Hopefully there's more to discuss in the weeks to come. Um, but we'll jump into what we're here to do, which is look at the, the current squad. So we'll start out with the goalkeepers. So I'll just run through our goalkeepers and, you know, any notable things in, in regards to them. And then we'll jump into discussing them. So firstly, Alison. Reports suggest the club are confident on a new deal being signed after the Copa America. Adrian recently has recently signed a one-year extension, keeping him at the club until 2022. Kelleher seemed to stake his claim as the number two last season, and he's recently signed a new five-year deal, keeping him at the club until 2026. Carius, he spent last season on loan with Union Berlin, making just five appearances. Pretty abysmal. Uh, he's contracted until 2022. And Grabara, he spent last season on loan with AGF in the Danish Superliga, making 35 appearances. And he's also contracted until 2022. So based on the contract talk, Jade, it seems that we can bank on Alisson, Adrian and Kelleher being our goalkeeping options next season. Is that safe to say? Yeah, but we Kelleher and Adrian flipped in the order. I hope. Um, I didn't think we'd keep Adrian, but maybe it was just a case of, you know, continuity um, and the fact that he's, you know, he's Spanish-speaking, obviously it helps with probably Alison can speak to him in his native language, sort of. Um, Kelleher looked last season much improved from the very first time I've seen him, but the very first time I've seen him play, he looked like a boy. He looked really skinny and he, he looked nervous where last season he looked a lot more composed and confident and I'd be more than happy to see him appear in League Cup, FA Cup and if the worst was to happen and he had to step in for a few league games, which he did last season, I think on one occasion. Um, and I think he kept a clean sheet uh, off the top of me. I couldn't tell you the opponent. Um, but he seems... Much more our style. Um, he likes to play with his feet. He's he's very confident and composed. He likes to come and collect balls, which I really like. Where Adrian, you just don't feel confident at all. Um, I think it was maybe just a case of this year we can maybe just keep Adrian for another year and then next year recruit another backup goalie. Um, regarding the other lads, I'd imagine they go in one way, shape or form, if we can get any sort of fee or deal for Carrius, um, then that'd be great. But I wouldn't be surprised if we come to an agreement where we, we terminated his contract and he, he was let to go on with his modelling career or if he wants to continue playing professional football, then that's fine. Um, Grabara seems to hype himself up a lot. Um, but the low moves, <laughs> to me, to much lesser leagues um, and never really come back with rave reviews. I don't think he's he's going to be all that maybe some people made him out to be. And maybe again, given his contract's only got a year left, it could be a loan. It could just be a termination of a deal. Um, but I don't think he's going to be a long-term goalkeeper for us. So yeah, next season would just be those three for me. It wouldn't be what I would have ideally liked, but you know, it's not the end of the world. As long as Alisson can play 
85% of games and Kelleher can step in for the rest and then Adrian's just there to keep the gloves warm for, for warm-ups and keep Johnny Atterberger a friend on the bench, then that, that that's fine by me. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't think it's what most fans would have liked ideally. I think there was definitely a desire there to, to see Adrian moved on and, and someone new brought in. Um, but, you know, I think once Kelleher signed that, that new five-year deal, it made people feel a lot better. I mean, how about you, Mark? Are you comfortable with our goalkeeping options for the season ahead? I think so, yeah. It just seems like we're we're being cautious in that position, and rightly so, I think, with the with the three of them, really, Alison, Kelleher and Adrian. Okay. Alison's missed a few games for every season he's been with us, really. He's picked up injuries here and there, and it's a strange one. I fully agree with Jada Kelleher should be and probably is now number two. But if you go back two seasons to the season we won the league, I think Adrian played nine games in the league that season and he did really well in the vast majority of them. I think it's just fresh in people's mind that mistake against Atletico Madrid and then the, the 7-2 against Villa, he didn't shine himself in any glory whatsoever. So you think as his confidence shot and you wouldn't be overly confident if he was picked to be in goal. But if you discount those last couple of games and look back to the year before, it was a more than competent replacement, really. As number twos go, you're never going to get anybody that's top, top draw, really. It, it just doesn't work like that. Certainly not at our club with the wages we're paying. So I think with, with the three we've got there, we should be more than covered, really. But as Jay said, fingers crossed, Alisson is fit and available for all the league games, all the Champions League games, because the drop-off from him to somebody else is quite significant. But I think it's always going to be, unless you get an up-and-coming kid coming through your youth system, through the academy, that's that's going to be a world-beater. You're unlikely to sign anybody with the money we've got for transfers or for wages that's going to be a much better level than what we've got as our backups, really. So I, I can't see how anybody couldn't be happy going into the season with those three, to be honest. One of our academy keepers actually currently has my local football team top of the table here in Ireland, but I, I'm i not good at pronouncing Polish names, so I won't even try and, and pronounce it. But uh, hopefully there's good things to, to come from him. Yeah, certainly. I, th- I don't think we can have too many complaints uh, about the goalkeepers, but ideally, you know, Alisson is, is playing that 85-90% of the, the games, as, as both of you have said. Um, so we'll move on to our fullbacks. Again, I'll just give a quick run through. Of course, we have Robertson. We have Simakas. He made just seven appearances last season, largely impacted by injuries and illness. We have Trent, of course, and then we have Neko Williams, who made 14 appearances, and the club are reportedly reluctantly open to offers north of £8 million for him at the moment. Um, Jay, we'll, we'll start with the left-backs. Simicus, we probably expected a bit more from him last season, but can we hope to, to see more of him this season? I'd like to think so, given... The numbers that Cybrundish put out is something like 6,000 minutes that Robbo's played for international and club in the past 12 months. Um, I mean, he'll have, it, he'll have it down to the minute um, on his Twitter feed, but it's a hell of a lot. Um, 
if I remember rightly, Simicus only started the League Cup game against Lincoln, and then he made a couple of sub appearances. And I, I imagine him sub appearances amounted to no more than 25, 30 minutes in total. But then I think it's it's been well documented by sensible, right-minded thinking people that you're not going to throw in a new left-back with two new centre-backs or two inexperienced or two centre-backs who don't normally play for us in that position, however way you want to wear it. Um, it would have been too much of a risk and Klopp, as much as we love him, is very stick in his ways and, you know, if he can stick to as much as he has continuity wise, he will. Um, and as much as he could get Allison and the two fullbacks on the pitch, he was always going to do that. Um, if that meant just flanking with inexperienced centre halves or people who don't normally play that position in Fabinho and Henderson at times, then so be it. So I think the year under his belt, learning the trade as Liverpool left back, would have done him no harm. I'd love to see him more. I hope it's not just the token League Cup games. I do hope it's actually in rotation with Robertson. There's games for me that you can leave Robertson out of. I wouldn't be surprised, actually, if at the very beginning of the season, Norwich, first game of the season, if you've seen the likes of Simicast in there, because Robertson's had a really long, long, hard two years of football, and he doesn't normally play summer football with his international country and he has this year and there's a lot of pressure on Scotland um, so he's going to have three weeks off so he, he, he may well come back to pre-season and get an extra week or two before he's actually in the team which which wouldn't be bad um, but I'm more than happy with them uh, there was some rumours that he was going to go but I don't think he is um, I don't think the club wanted to sell him um, it would have been only a case of if Simicus would have probably demanded a move that we would have looked at selling them, but I'm more than happy with those two lads there. Yeah, certainly. I think, you know, for, by all reports, Simicast is very happy at the club. He's supposedly made good friends with Mo Salah, and, you know, he's, he's supposedly a, a hard worker in training, and which would go with kind of the reputation he had when he, he came to us last summer. So hopefully he can put the illness and the injuries behind him and, and get some serious minutes this coming season. So we'll look at the right-backs now. Of course, we have Trent, who unfortunately is injured after the months of will he won't he make the england squad he made the preliminary squad and then gets injured in a friendly typical liverpool look when it comes to, to england internationals um he did also miss a little bit last season he started the season out ill with with covid um he probably felt the, the knock-on effect of that for for a few weeks afterwards and he had a, a minor injury as well um our backup of course is Neko Williams, as I said before, he made just 14 appearances last season, and it looks like, according to reports, he is looking to, to move on to, to achieve regular football elsewhere. And if he does move on, supposedly the club won't look to replace him. I mean, what's your thoughts on the right-back situation, Mark? Do you think we can get away with just having Trent? It's a hard one, isn't it? I mean, as you say, Nico. The, the most alarming stat for me about Nico is he was in a new sub 30 times last year. And you think of how condensed the season was, how many games with the players, such a short space of time, the periods in which 
Trent was injured or coming back from injury or he had a, a little period of time where he wasn't at his best form. And even throughout that, Nico barely got a look in. I mean, he only played 20 more minutes than Minamino in the whole of last season. And Minamino was sent on loan in January. So to me, that's uh, Klopp doesn't trust him. And we need a backup to Trent. Trent, as Jay said, Robertson, he can't just keep going. He can't just keep playing 90 minutes after 90 minutes after 90 minutes. And if our current backup is Nico, and again, he's Welsh, and I think he's, he's a decent option. But if Klopp isn't trusting him to even see out the last 10, 15 minutes of games, then that tells me we need to sell him, really. And again, if we can get 10 million for him, but I think we would need the cover. I don't like this. Gomez can play there or somebody can fill in there. That's not what we need. Again, if injuries start to mount up again, we'll leave ourselves short and and we're going to be in trouble there. So we need somebody that can cover Trent at right back, but somebody the club's going to trust to play, whether it's starting or or just coming on for 15, 20 minutes at the end of games, just, just to give Trent a rest that way. But Nico doesn't seem to be that player based on the way Klopp used him last year. Yeah, certainly it is, it is concerning that he he was available and yet uh, Klopp was was unwilling to to use him. Um, so you you would hope that maybe it's a bluff on the the club's part and that if he does move on, that we we will look to to bring someone in and and hopefully we already have that that player in mind. Um, but I suppose time will tell on on that front. Um, so we'll jump ahead to the centre backs. So. Van Dijk, he's been missing since October 18th following a ruptured cruciate ligament and it's suggested by the club that he will be fit for pre-season. Gomez has been missing since November 11th following an injury to his patella. Report recently suggested he will also be fit for pre-season. I think think it was James Pierce off the top of my head. Um, Joel Matip has been missing since January 29th following an ankle injury. I, I think that was only supposed to be for a few weeks to begin with. And yet, as far as we're aware, he's nowhere near being back for pre-season, which of course is concerning. We've already talked about Konate. Uh, ben Davies failed to make an appearance following his arrival in January. Since confer- He has since confirmed on social media that he's been injured for the most part. Nat Phillips, he was almost sold to Swansea last summer. He made 20 appearances and reports recently suggest that the club will reluctantly listen to offers if he wants to leave for first-team football. And, of course, lastly, we have Reese Williams, who made 19 appearances and is reportedly available on loan. So... Jay, we've already talked a bit, a lot about the centre-backs inevitably, given that we were talking about Ozan Kabak and Ibrahim Konate. Um, I mean, it seems at the minute on the surface of it that the plan is to go with Van Dijk, Gomez, Matip, Konate, and potentially one or two more, depending on the, the future of Davies and Phillips. Is that enough? I mean, I, we've kind of already hinted that it isn't. Um. Probably not in, in, in the short. Um, any decent club at a top level should have probably minimum four fit and available centre-backs at any one time. Um, and I know that's all hindsight saying you should have them available. Um, but we know we're going into the season with three of them coming off injuries. With massive, we don't even know where he's back. 
as you say, it, it was meant to be a three-week injury. It was meant to be a small knock. It was, I think it was at Spurs that he got injured and it was talked that he could have been back a couple of games later. And we're now six, seven months down the line and he's nowhere to be seen. There's not even been any sort of like social media pictures or videos, at least. We have sort of seen the developments of Van Dijk and Gomez. Um, my hope is that Davis is is developed and learned and being sort of brought up to speed with what we need. Um, I'd like to see him. He 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 come with a reputation of being a, quite a decent centre half, and quite a lot of players have come out of the Championship and done really well in the Premier League. Um, and I think you could do a lot worse. Um, I'll keep it brief I'd, I'd sell Phillips as you said earlier on his price is as high as it's going to be cash in while you can he's not suitable for how we want to play on a day-to-day basis he'd done a job last season thank you very much we appreciate all you've done um, but he's a limited centre-half we all know that he knows that there's clubs that'll be more than happy to take him and he'll have a very good career if he goes to somebody that plays to his strengths. So, strike while the iron's hot. Uh, regarding Reese uh, Williams, again, he's got his limitations. We know pace is one of them. You can't really improve pace too much. So, therefore, he's probably never, ever going to make it at the level that we require him to be on a regular basis. Again, done a job last season, stepped in. Thank you very much. Probably needs to go and toughen up in terms of physicality and physique of his actual body um, so a move to the championship wouldn't do him any harm would probably then maybe give him a decent value of a sell on fee next season if if he has a good one and then we could sell him next summer um, other than that yeah I think we've, we've spoken enough earlier on about Kabak and Kanate um, we are where we are I'd love to see another body in just purely for numbers Um but as it stands, I don't think that's overly likely. And on, on, unless we, we, we do have a dramatic turn of fate and Matip gets shifted or Ben Davis gets an offer from maybe Celtic come back in for him or something like that. Um, and that forces our hand. But I, I wouldn't expect us to be active in the centre-half market anymore. We won't dwell too much longer on the centre-backs, Mark. But do you have anything at all to add? I think the the main things that I'd said, as I said earlier, really, was I think that the time is right now to cash in on Phillips. And I think the club is very good at propaganda, if you want to call it that, and the stories which they leak, which they only leak what they want to leak, let's be honest. So this reluctantly, we would let him go. That's all, in my opinion, designed to drive the price up on him. And he should be sold it. It's harsh, but I think I would probably keep Williams and Davis, certainly until January anyway, because the league is that cutthroat and City are that strong that we just can't afford to drop many points at all and to leave ourselves light when you're still waiting for Matip and Gomez to become available again. Virgil off a long injury. Canate is a new signing. I just don't want to have to see Fabinho or Henderson at centre-back. So I would reluctantly go in with what we've got now. I think there's bigger priorities. So you're going in with Virgil, Canate, Matip, Gomez, who probably won't be fit. And then Ben Davis and Reese Williams as the backup, trying to get some money for Phillips. And then 
reassemble, have a look at it again in January. But at the start of the season, I think it's it's concerning that it's five, six weeks away and we could be going in with just Van Dijk and Canate fit. But that's the way we do it, isn't it? You, you would hope mistakes made last year have been learned from and we won't go in light again. And I don't think Klopp would be happy at all having to play a Fabinho or Henderson at centre-back again, certainly so early on in the season. So I would be happier if we had an extra one, but I think as long as we do have Williams and Ben Davis as, as backups, I think that should probably see us right. And then who knows, come January, hopefully, Van Dijk and Arte have built up a relationship and Gomez and Matip are, are fit and raring to go and, and can rotate the workload between them. Yeah, I think as we've all said, we'd like to see another defender brought in just just so we have that that extra security blanket at, at the very least. But it does sort of feel like Klopp is probably going to have to make do with what he has. So hopefully he can make the best of 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 that, and and hopefully Ben Davies turns out to to be a a decent player because he he has seemingly been quite unlucky with the injuries so far seems like we're going to say that about a lot of players today um but we'll we'll jump ahead to the center midfielders we of course have henderson fabinho tiago keita who made just 16 appearances last season oxide chamberlain who made just 17 appearances last season many of those from the bench james milner curtis jones and Marco Gruyage, who spent last season on loan with Porto, making 36 appearances. Porto are reportedly interested in a permanent deal, but lack funds. There are also other clubs in the frame. Uh, Mark, I'll stick with you. I mean, we've talked about already in regards to Genie One Adam. He played a lot of minutes last season, and it's not going to be easy to replace those minutes. Can we replace those minutes from within? Or are we likely to be dipping into the transfer market? Again, I seem to be just like a broken record repeating myself. My worry, again, is just the ones that were available, Klopp's lack of trust in them. I mean, Milner, he's, he's another year older. I'm just waiting any day now for the good old bleep test and Milner coming out on top again and the propaganda about that. But he's another year older and you don't really want him as a starter, certainly not in a big game. Henderson's had a lot of injuries the last couple of years. Thiago had a bad injury last year. It's your it's your oxes, your caters that concern me the most. That one, their injury record isn't great. And two, again, it just seems Klopp's lack of trust in them. But at the same time, it's hard to gain that trust when you are just sort of fed drips and drabs and you're not really given an opportunity to have a run in the team and to play three or four games to build up form and confidence and get used to the boys around you. I think at the moment you would say Thiago, Fabinho and Henderson would be the starting three. You've got Curtis Jones, who's a kid that Klopp seems to like, is probably fourth. Then Milner is fifth. But then you're looking again at what what does Klopp think of Cater? What does he think of Ox? Because again, if if he's not going to trust them to play, I would rather just cut our, cut our losses, sell them and bring in somebody that's actually going to be worthwhile to us. Because otherwise, these players are just playing 90 minutes week after week. If, again, they're not even trusted to get 15, 20 minutes at the end of a game where we're 2-0 up. What use are they in our squad eating up our wage bill? That That's my concern. It's not just the numbers we've got. 
it's the the numbers we've got get used because in the last couple of years they haven't really. They even times when they're available, they're not getting their minutes, they're not starting, they're not coming off the bench. So I think we do need somebody else definitely. Yeah, certainly Keita and Ox are the, the two you have to look at. I mean, they're, they're two players who should be arguably in their prime alongside Fabinho, given the, the age that they're at, but we're just not getting getting to see that. And they would seemingly be, if, if there's any players in the squad that are a block on us bringing in a new midfielder, it likely is them, given that they're, they're earning decent wages and that the club would likely demand a, a reasonable fee to let either of them go but yet that reasonable fee is unlikely given that there is major concerns over their fitness i mean jay what are your thoughts on those two players where do you begin um i'll keep it brief because we've still got a lot of the squad to get through um they've got they've got a lot to offer they just don't offer it enough because they're on the pitch enough um that's as short and simple as I can put it. I think if it comes to the crunch and one's going to go, it'd be Cater. Based on the fact that Ox, we've probably got a bit more flexibility in position for him. Um, we did see him used in the in a forward position, maybe off the striker or in a false nine sort of position a couple of times last season. Um, he can be used wide, not very effectively, but he can be used there. Um, he could arguably be used as a wing-back. He's played there for Arsenal. If we offered to change uh, system at any point. With Cater, I think, you know, we can play a couple of positions, but he, he's probably a bit more pigeonholed to more central attack and midfield. Um, and the fact that it's, it's Ox is English and the quota um, stipulations in the Premier League would probably mean that you get him in the in the squad over Cater. Um I wouldn't be surprised if both stayed next season, at least till January, at the very least. Um but then again on the on the same side I wouldn't be surprised if one of those two lads left. Uh other than that, I think the writings on the wall for Gruwich it probably has been since the day he signed for the for the lad. Um and if we can get decent money for him then then so be it. Um and I agree with Mark that we we probably should have another body in there and time will tell. And if we don't get another body, that will then only add to the to the conversation of how important Ginny Wijnaldum was for us um, and how much we, we will miss him. I think if if we do go into the, the season without another midfielder, I think it become pretty evident pretty quickly that we did need one. And I would not be surprised if January we did actually strike early and get one. Um because that is the position to feel that clock rotates the most. It's where he uses the most demands on his players. Um, the Fabinho Thiago midfield looked brilliant. Um, they could play as a two, they could play as a three with any of the other lads. Um, but we can't expect them to play week in, week out. And I think the people who listen to AI will know that Henderson is very much on the decline in terms of his actual physical ability to get on the pitch week in, week out. Um, Milner isn't getting any younger, I'm sure. As you say, you'll smash the bleep test in 10 days' time when the lads are back in training. But smashing a bleep test doesn't put you in contention to start week in, week out of the Premier League. He'll serve his purpose, 
Um, for me, I would say his wages could have been better used to pay Ginny Wijnaldum, but that's personal opinion. Um, but other than that, yeah, the, the main conversation is about Docks and, and Keaton. And as I say, I wouldn't be surprised if one left. I wouldn't be surprised if both stayed. Um, but if one does go, I, I'd imagine it'd be Keita and imagine probably on loan, given his, his fitness issues, um, with an obligation or an option to buy. If if Edwards can twist someone's arm into an obligation, then that'd be great. But I imagine the best we could probably swing is an option. Yeah, I, I'd certainly be on the same page with you there, Jay. And I've I've even made the suggestion in discussions a few times that I'd I'd be happy to see Keita go on loan so that we could secure, if that meant securing another midfielder, because I I think it's that in, important. Um, but obviously time will tell whether the the club shares that view. Um, and on Marco Gruage, we can only hope that Tottenham go and spend some inflated fees on George Mendes' clients so that they can <laughs> afford to bring Gruage in the door. Uh, that would maybe be helpful. A, maybe Octavio's available. He was released. Sure. Oh, sorry, my watch has just kicked off. Um, <laughs> yeah, maybe Octavio's available from Porto. He was linked with us the last few days. Um, but I'm sure George Mendes has got a high clientele basis in, in Portugal that they could dip into for inflated prices. Well, I mean, it, it certainly seems Porto are trying to sell players because they're telling every every uh, paper that will listen in Portugal that we seem to want their players. <laughs> but uh, we, we'll, we'll leave that one there. Um, of course, the last area of the team to look at is the forwards. And it's the, the area where we have the most bodies at the moment. Um, we, of course, have Firmino. We have Origi, who made just 70 in appearances last season. The club are reportedly open to offers for him at the moment, although important to note they were reportedly open last season. We have Salah, Mane, Jota. We have Shakiri. There's reported interest from Lazio there. Fees suggested at £13 million. Minamino, who spent the latter half of the season with Southampton on loan, making 10 appearances. Southampton have expressed interest in making a permanent move. Wilson spent last season on loan with Cardiff, making 38 appearances. Club reportedly rebuffed an approach from Benfica, who weren't willing to meet the supposed £13 million asking price. Oyo was also on loan with Cardiff last season, making 42 appearances. Ben Woodburn spent last season on loan with Blackpool, making 13 appearances. Miller spent last season on loan with Charlton, making 27 appearances. He's reportedly closing in on a £2 million move to Basel. And lastly, we have Awani, who spent last season on loan with Union Berlin, making 22 appearances. He's finally received a work permit last month after many Liverpool fans had forgotten he'd existed. And the club are reportedly open to selling him now with an £8 million asking price. So, Mark, we'll, we'll start with the, the ones that are likely to, to play a part. So we have Firmino, Salah, Mane and Jota. Is that a, enough? is the, the first important question to ask. No. And I fully agree that they're, they're the only four that you could realistically say are going to play a part. Again, you, co- you come back to last season and Salah was fantastic. Pretty much all season, he carried the attack and his goals got us top three. No doubt about it. Mane had a, by his high standards, a poor season. Firmino, again, wasn't great for large chunks of the season. Jota 
suffered a couple of bad injuries, missed quite a lot of games, unfortunately. And again, you just look at the minutes that Origi and Shaqiri got, and they, they're just not trusted by Klopp. That's You just can't brush it up any other way, really, that in a situation that we were in, with the injuries we had, with the lack of form of those players, that that's still not, again, not trusted, not coming off the bench, not really seen as viable options. So to me, much as Jay said, with, with the wages, they are eating up wages that could be spent on somebody else that Klopp is going to use and Klopp is going to play. Play, I think anybody that's been out on loan, pretty much you can discount Harry Wilson, etc. I think they're... They're decent players, potentially Premier League players, but they're, they're not at the standard that we need if we're going to be challenging City to win the league and want to get to the latter stages or win Champions League. It's it's Shakiri and Origi aren't, aren't really the answer either, to be honest. So I would look to cash in on them. And those two combined with what you could get for them and the wages you're paying them, you could get somebody else that's a good fifth choice forward that can compete with the four that we've got the cops going to use and as you say it's not just the using from the start it's the 60 minutes you two nil up you can take take them off and I know they don't want to come off and we had instances with Salah and Mane last year about being frustrated about not starting games or being hooked off in games but it's tough you've got to be ruthless with these players they can't play thousands of minutes every season they just can't do it they need a rest every now and again and again it's another big busy season it's international breaks they they all fly all over the world because they're from the african nations or copper america games so no i think we definitely need at least one more harvey elliott i suppose is is the spanner in the works what what the club think of him how how ready he is if he's going to get any minutes at all if he's going to go out on loan again if he was to go on loan again I'd like it to be a Premier League club to get him ready for the season after that but no I don't think the four really could be classed as enough because as I said I just don't class Shakiri or Origi as viable squad members because they just don't get used Thanks for bringing Harvey Elliott into the discussion there because I did miss him off my list um, Jay do you agree with Mark on that, or is there any of the, the names we've listed off there that you think could play some part next season? Um, no, not really. I think Mark nailed it. Um, I think the big four, the big four, if anything, there's question marks over Fabino and Manny for me. Um, but, yeah, other than that, the rest of the lads aren't good enough for us on a regular basis. We should have sold Origi two years ago when we won the Champions League. Um, and we never. So hopefully the club learn from that with the likes of Phillips and we, uh, Nico Williams where there's a there's a market clearly for them at the moment and there's a price that's decent. Um, the Origi's social media has gone really weird as well. He's like removed all sorts of any football posts at all very Loris Carriers-esque where he's doing workouts and modelling stuff so whether he should actually give up on football like Carriers looks like he did as well who knows um, other than that like the likes of Ojo Wilson uh, did you, is it Liam Miller was that the lad you mentioned the, the yeah. Canadian lad who's looking and going to Baal um, if we can get a fee for him great because he's never going to feature the likes of Joe Hardy got released um, from the reserves, um, 
scratching around for names. Yeah, Elias is the only one who looks like he's got a bit of something. And again, I agree with Mark. If we can get him to someone like Brentford, who play attacking football, um, quite open and expansive, and I imagine they're going to come to the Premier League and give it a go because the way they ran, um, the manager, the beliefs of the club, it is very much experimental and forward thinking and he's the type of player that will probably interest him. Um, other than that, if he has to go back to the Championship, you want to get him in like one of the top two or three teams who are going to be knocking around the top of the table. Um, as good as Blackburn were for him last season, it was very much a, a breakout year and, and give him some time and I think they end up finishing something like 14th um, after competing for the playoffs around about February, March time. Other than that, no, we need a body. Um, we definitely, definitely need another body up there. I'd love to see a proper number nine, but we we probably won't get one. So it's going to have to be someone who can rotate across the front line, someone in the Jota-esque mode. And th- there's names banded out there. Um, Rafinha was the, the big one. Um, people on Discord will know my feelings and my opinions on that one and what I've got to contribute towards that um, it's only information that I know of um, but other than that time will tell but I think it's actively known even the the small time journals are saying we are actively seeking a forward and I think it's well documented we will get in the market for one and I'd probably say the next two to three weeks are when you you probably see one coming if we are actively seeking somebody yeah hopefully we see some movement on on that front shortly i mean considering ins it does seem the suggestion is that we, we need to see some outs before we see ins and you you mentioned jay that obviously there's a few players that we probably should have moved on previously and i think last summer we probably shot ourselves in the foot somewhat in in demanding kind of prices in excess of 20 million for the likes of origi shakiri and wilson now it does seem based on early reports that we've we've lowered those prices which as i said wilson and and uh, Shakiri have both been suggested at £13 million. But Mark, do you think that's something that it's important we do this summer, that we just kind of cut our losses maybe perhaps on, on some players and just get them out the door so that we can get some, some money together and, and bring in the players we need? I think we have to. And again, listeners will be more attuned listening into money talks when Mo next does one. But there's been quite a lot of talk about our wage bill and how high it is and there is just so much wages going on players that aren't contributing, whether that's they're injury prone or whether that's that Klopp doesn't trust them, Klopp doesn't like them, they do, they don't get involved in the team. So I think we do need to get shut quite a few. And Klopp's always tended to like the smaller squad, which is fine as long as the smaller squad is all players that you're going to choose and get involved with. But there's so many in our squad that don't do that, don't contribute at all, that are just eking away hundreds of thousands of pounds per week. It's Even if, yeah, two, three years ago, we would have got a lot more for Origi after he scored the winner in the Champions League, That that's only going down. That's not going to go up ever again because he's just not playing. So if you don't cut it, you're lost with him this year. I don't know how many years he's got left on his contract, but the value is only going to drop and drop and drop and... You just don't want many Wijnaldum situations 
where assets are just leaving for free, even if it's you end up with five, ten million for some of these players for a Shakiri, it's better than than nothing. It's the market has changed massively since we bought them due to COVID, etc. The market's not what it was, so you're not necessarily going to make the profit that you once would have or could have done. But it's the bigger picture as well. It, it's that wage bill as well as the the signing on fee, the transfer fee. As, as somebody said on Twitter last week, there's no such thing as a free transfer because you pay a signing on fee and then the wages are inflated. Like that's why Milner's on the wages he's on because he was a free transfer, but he's on a substantial wage. And again, for the amount of minutes he's going to play and the contribution he makes to the team. Now that that's too high for our club, for what, for what we pay as wages. Nobody's on extortionate amounts at our club. There's a lot of bonuses, which we've had to pay out the last few years because we've been successful. But in terms of just a sheer base weekly wage, we are paying too many players too much money to not contribute. So that 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 needs to stop if if money's an issue for us and we're tight for cash after COVID and FSG, whatever your opinion is of them aren't really spending their own money. We are a sell to buy club, then it's not just selling to get the value, it's getting that weekly wage down as well that's gonna help. So yeah, definitely now's the time to cut the loss and trim the squad down. Yeah, we we certainly hope that that Michael Edwards can work some magic and get some players out the door. And although you know we we can't expect kind of Ryan Brewster level deals for every player, I'm I'm sure Michael Edwards will pull a couple out the bag and and allow us maybe to to do a little more than we might have hoped uh, in in the window. Um, but speaking of bringing players in. Um, we won't spend too much time on the links, but I will just quickly uh, run through and then let the lads talk about any one of note to themselves and, and also maybe other some other names they want to throw into the ring there. So um, as we've suggested, you know, it's it's clear from the discussion on the squad there, you know, most fans will feel we, we could ideally do with another centre half, a right back, a midfielder and a forward but it seems, as far as the, as the press are concerned, that it's it's most likely a midfielder and a wide forward that the, the club will be looking to bring in. So in terms of midfielders, some of the names that have been mentioned, there's John McGinn of Aston Villa. There's reported interest, but the price is prohibitive. We have Eve Basuma of Brighton and Hove Albion reportedly being monitored. We have Florian Newhouse of Borussia Mönchengladbach was reportedly being monitored, but interest has apparently cooled. Ryan Gravenberch of Ajax reportedly being monitored. Renato Sanchez of Lille reported interest, but price is prohibitive. Um, Jay, any names there that, that particularly stand out to you and any others that um, you'd like to, to throw in there? Uh. Gravenberch and Sanchez stand out to me. Um, McGinn, absolutely not. Takes us back to the Roy Hodgson, Brendan Rodgers, Kenny Dalglish sort of era when we were obsessed with signing British talents for inflated prices. Um, watched him with Scotland. He's, he's a decent player at a decent standard, but he's nowhere near our standard. Um, and he's very one-paced, I thought. And in a clock midfield, you need to have a little bit of pace. I know we haven't got too much of the likes of Thiago and um, Henderson at times, but they've, they're a lot more mobile than than Henderson, uh, than, than, than McGinn, sorry. 
Basuma, yeah, really good, great player. But I just think the price would be too high. If they're demanding fifty million for Ben White, what are they going to demand for Eve Basuma? Forty plus. Um, I just can't see us doing that deal. Um, Newhouse, maybe someone we look at next year, but it would not be a surprise if he ends up at Bayern Munich, especially with the the talk of maybe Goretzka might be moving on in in recent times. Um, they never ever truly re- replaced Thiago. Um, they experimented with Kimmich there, but I wouldn't be surprised if he he went back to a a right wing back or a right back position. Um, Gravenberch, impressed with him from what I've seen at Ajax, was told last week, I think it was, that when the Malin, Donya Malin, rumours were breaking, that we also had an interest in Gravenberch as well. Um, checked it out with a few people and they also said they heard his name mentioned um, in previous times as well, so maybe that is one to keep an eye on. Um, the Renato Sanchez one, we did have an interest a few years ago um, before he went to Bayern Munich, possibly. Um, and he's he's done brilliant at Lille. Really impressed with the Euros and at Portugal. Wouldn't be surprised if he gets a move this summer, but I don't know if we'll be in the market for him. Um, it seems to have been rebuffed by quite a few journalists, but what do they know, really? I don't know. Not a lot. It seems. Um, I think a midfielder would be a bonus. I just don't think we're going to get one in the summer. I think if we do, it's going to be more than likely to be January. Hopefully, that's that's not the case. But you know, given our our tendency to gamble, you, you certainly can't rule it out. And then moving on to look at the forwards being linked, there's Kingsley Coman of Bayern Munich, reported bid via the Italian media, but the German media has denied a bid and suggests Bayern would demand a massive fee. There's Jadon Sancho of Borussia Dortmund, reported interest appears to have been kept alive by fans, confirmed to be joining Manchester United. Alexander Isaac of Real Sociedad, reported interest, but he has signed a new contract as of today until 2026 with a 90 million euro release clause. Rafinha of Leeds United, there's conflicting reports as Jay suggested. He, he's heard one thing, but I, I think I've seen this morning that, um, or saw rather that Neil Jones is suggesting that um, he's been told by his sources that there, there's nothing in the, the reported interest in Rafinha, so I suppose time will tell on that one. And in terms of more traditional strikers, Ollie Watkins of Aston Villa reportedly being monitored. Duzan Vlahovic of Fiorentina reported interest. And of course, as Jay mentioned, Daniel Malin of PSV does also reported interest. Um, I mean, what names stand out to you, Mark, and, and any other names that, that you'd like to suggest? Uh, other than Mbappe, 2022, when he, when he comes in on a free transfer, that would be nice, wouldn't it? I, th- I think a lot will sort of depend on what else we do in the window. So I think with the midfield, that there has been sort of signs, Merberins, the Klopp's wanting to change to a more 4-2-3-1 and sort of predominantly go with Fabinho and Thiago as a double pivot, and then it's what he does in front of them, then whether he pushes Mo to a nine and you try and get a wide right forward or keeps Mo where he is and get 
competition for Firmino or drops Firmino back into the sort of number 10 role. So I think it depends on, on what he wants, really. I, I didn't know much about this Swedish lad, Isaac, but he, he's certainly looking good at the Euros. But we all know what happens when you buy, buy a player based on how they performed in an international tournament. <coughs> They'll hedge juice. So I think a lot will sort of depend on the way Klopp wants to play it, really. I mean, you could sort of argue that we've got Jota and Mane competing for the left-hand side role. That's arguably both their stronger positions. But again, both could play through the middle. So I think a lot will depend on if Klopp wants to stick with his 4-3-3 or he does want to change the 4-2-3-1 or or have the options. Because again, you look at the game against City away last year, he started with all four. So I think he'll sort of want that flexibility. And much as I agree with Jay, I think a, an out tonight number nine would be beneficial and would be useful. You start thinking then, well, dream world, we sign Haaland, which is he's amazing. He's the best number nine in the world. But then what does that do to Salah Amane's output? So I don't think that's the type of thing Klopp would want. I think he would want somebody that can sort of play wide right, wide left, or wide left and forward, or wide right and forward, or forward or a 10. I think he would want that flexibility, which he tends to like. So who that is, I'll, I'll trust Klopp and Edwards that whoever they get, there will have been a lot of thought and effort gone into it. It won't be done on the back of how well they have or haven't performed in these Euros. It will be 18 months, two years worth of work, worth of scouting, worth of analysis, and to see what they get from them. And again, just to mention them again, I think Elliot will play a, a part in this, what they see of him, how involved they see him being next year, or if they don't at all, I think he'll benefit more from another year out on loan. So I haven't really answered your question there, but I think it is it is that wide open. There's just a few too many variables still at the moment with, with what we're going to do in the midfield and what he thinks of Elliot, I would say mainly, I think, if the right money came in, as I said earlier, Origi and Shaq will go. So Elliot's the sort of conundrum in there as to if he thinks he'll stay, it would probably then change what type of forward player he wanted. Whereas if he's going, again, that would change what type of forward player he wanted, if that makes sense. Yeah, I certainly get where you're coming from there. And I, I think there there is an air of mystery in, in regards to it. Regardless, I mean, we, we look back to, to last summer, you know, we were told by the media that we might sign a forward and it was Sarah that was being mentioned. And then Jota just came completely out of left field and he ended up being signed. So I think it, it is, it, it's difficult to, to say. And as you said, there, there are a lot of factors that, that could yet have a, an impact on, on the moves we make, um, you know, nothing less than, you know, the players that, that end up leaving and, and particularly what happens with, with Harvey Elliott, as you said. Um, but we won't focus too much on the ins because, you know, we, we don't know what's happening here, there. And, you know, we were here to, to review the squad at the end of the day and, and we've certainly accomplished that. So I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. So any plugs, lads? Let's start with Jay. Uh, not really. I've been on a bit of a hiatus from any sort of podcasts for a bit of a while. Um, as I said at the beginning of the pod, it was the international football is not for me. I've caught a bit of it. Um, but hopefully next season we can get into a more structured uh, fantasy football pod again. 
um, last season was such a mess in terms of uh, my job schedule changed. I know Simon was quite uh, mixed in terms of his availability. Um, and Guy is just under the rule of Mr. Dave Hendricks now, so trying to get hold of him is a, is quite a hard task. Uh, but we will try and endeavour to get more fantasy football pods out next year. Um, other than that, you probably won't hear anything too much from me unless it's uh, a key transfer that happens and people want my opinion on it or thoughts. Or until then, it'll probably be the uh, awaiting the Champions League draw, um, which is late August, I think. Um, and obviously, because we finished third, we go automatically into the group stages. Um, and we're obviously of a high seed, and so that that's good. Other than that, um, nothing from me. Um, other than anything else, just keep listening to AI. I'm sure there's plenty of Liverpool content about to come out in the next few weeks. And those of whom are like me who don't like international football, I'm sure Gags and the team have got plenty lined up. Yeah, there's certainly a lot going on on AI at the moment, so give that a listen. And Mark, anything from your end, or will we be waiting for the the Reds review for August? I'd presume. Yeah, pretty much, Carl. Again, a, a quiet summer, really, just building up for the start of the new season. Hopefully, anticipated more ITJ news in our in our Discord group for any incomings, and then yeah, end of August, hopefully reviewing a. A good start to the season for Liverpool, but as you've both mentioned, there's there's loads of really good content across AI on the free side and AI Pro, so loads to listen to to keep you going until the the season kicks off in August. There, the the, the demand is real. That's all I'm saying. I, Any time I even go on that Discord chat and type something, people are getting too excited. <laughs> yeah. it's crazy you're 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 a, a celebrity when it comes to that to that discord jay you know people see you typing and and they just think something something's about to drop at the yeah. moment i mean my strike rate was one for one with tiago i'm happy with that if i can give any more i will give it but honestly um i'm just someone passing on information from what i did is pretty trusted because they nailed the tiago story about 48 hours before last year um, and anything I do get you know uh, I will share it with the AI people um, before I share it with anybody else Glad to hear it Jay um, On my own end um, similar to lads it's been pretty quiet for me on the, the football podcasting front but myself and Guy have been busy recently in regards to one up the video games podcast on the Anfield Index platform. Um, obviously, E3 recently took place, and myself and Guy sat down for over four hours reviewing all the E3 presentations. My mouth was completely dry afterwards. It was painful, but uh, we hope it was worth it. So give that a listen if you haven't already. Um, in regards to this show, as I said at the front end of the show, it's been a while, but I'm hoping to get things back on the regular soon. The, the show's going to be transitioning back to being what it was in the first place, which was a kind of debate and discussion show rather than a match review show. So I hope to be back a little later in the summer uh, with uh, our long promised part two of our discussion of FSG. So I'll hopefully be able to invite our two American friends justin and lubo back on to to take you through that again 
and I also hope to review our transfer window once the, the transfer window slams shut later in the, the summer. So um, be sure to watch out for both of those podcasts. So if you're not already following the lads on Twitter, you can follow Mark at Harry Welshy and you can follow Jay at jreed1987. So I'd recommend giving the lads a follow. They're, they're a good follow on there. Uh, I thank the lads for joining me today and I thank you for listening. And as I said, I'll be hopefully back in your ears soon. Goodbye. Sports Social Podcast Network.